Hey everybody, I'm Summer Sanders, and this is Game Day Routine. Hello and welcome back to Game Day Routine. I'm your host, Rob Howe. Today, my very special guest is Chandler Gaddis. He's the director at the First Tee Dallas, and the First Tee is a nonprofit organization that teaches children life skills through golf lessons and brings the game of golf to children who would likely not be exposed to it. So super cool program, uh, something I'm very passionate about myself as a lover of the game of golf. Chandler is also a Morehouse College graduate. And most importantly, I think to our relationship, he was my high school basketball teammate and high school golf teammate. Uh, We go way back. We even talk about the first time we met at a father-son golf tournament where our dads and us were paired up in a foursome for that tournament. Really good uh, memories there. Chandler is also the 2006 high school golf state champion at Trinity Christian School in Cedar Hill. I was there. I saw it. It came down to a playoff, which we talk about in the episode. So, dig in to a very special conversation with my good friend Chandler Gaddis and his game day routine. Mr. Chandler Gaddis, welcome, sir. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, uh, I'm so glad that you were able to make this happen because, you know, you're one of the rare guests that I get in the podcast world that I really know. And I was trying to dig in like, okay, how do we know each other? You and I, like one of the rare things about this as well, you and I knew each other in, a, in that age that we're going to talk about when we were in high school. I'm talking 2006, you walked back into Trinity Christian School in Cedar Hill and yeah. you were like my, like my yin, we were yin yang on the basketball court. And then I got to uh, basically carry your bag for you on the, on the golf team. Uh, but I got, <laughs> I got out of school for it. So we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. You got out for one and I got out for the other. Hey man, there we go. We, we, we can say you did the same thing on the basketball court to, <laughs> to some right. degree. Well, to some degree. I, I think you contributed a whole lot more than I did, but uh, we'll, okay. leave, we'll leave that there uh, <laughs> on, the, on the comparison. So okay. let's go back to your, your life as a golfer. And, you know, I, this is deep in the archives, but I remember, I think the first time I met you, father-son golf tournament, Thorn Tree Country Club, I'm talking probably 2000, 2001. And you and your dad were paired with me and my dad. And I remember I was like, man, like this is like a guy my age that plays golf. I had not really met a whole lot of friends that did that at the time. And then went a years without, you know, really, I think our parents were friends like chambers of chamber of commerce, like local kind of city stuff. And then Mm -hmm. getting to link up with each other. Definitely were friends. Right. And and then, you know, get to link up in high school on the basketball court and the golf team. Uh, pretty dope. So let's talk about the, your intro to the game of golf and like, you know, take us into paint a, paint a picture for us of who is Chandler Gaddis, 2006 uh, on the golf team, the golf number one and, you know, carrying a pretty heavy load for the Trinity Tigers in terms of expectations. Wow. So I think... I probably got to start a little earlier than that at Cedar Hill. Uh, well, first I went to Trinity. Um, when was that? Maybe sixth grade through eighth. And I decided that I wanted to go to public school. Um, I've been in private school my whole life. I want to go to public school in high school. So I uh, ended up going to Cedar Hill. And I've been playing golf for a little bit of, of, of time before then. Uh, not really great, but still good. Um, so by the time I'm, I'm in the ninth grade at Cedar Hill, uh, Coach Milson at the time is, is the coach. 
And he pulls me to the side and he says, hey, you have to choose between golf or basketball, same season, you've got to put 100% effort in, in either one. And so I don't, uh, I went back to my parents, talked to my parents, and my dad said something that stuck with me even till this day. He said, um, you're going to go a lot further in life playing golf. Rather it be if you're not professional, whatever it might be, you're going to play golf for the rest of your life. I, I encourage you to play golf. And so I made the decision. I played golf. I dropped basketball, uh, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. And by the time senior year came around, uh, senior year came around, I decided I wanted to play basketball again. I just could not do it. I played organized basketball since I was four, you know? So it's one of those things that's your first love is the first sport I fell in love with. Um, so that's when I made my transition to Trinity, my senior year. It was your junior year, um, I believe. And I think at, at a time as well where I think just to give more context, the previous class when I was a sophomore and the seniors that year were very deep and they had, they had all just graduated. So our team at Trinity, we needed a guy like you. Um, and I think for people who are like, well, why didn't you just go back and play at Cedar Hill? That's not that simple. Uh, Cedar Hill basketball yeah. is, uh, it's a different beast entirely. You know, even at that time, putting guys into high major D1s and, you know, some guys Absolutely. Sniffing, sniffing the NBA as well. So not just an easy, not an easy thing. And, and really, I think culturally at Cedar Hill, that's what they do. They make you pick one sport early and stick yep. with it. Yep. And stick with it the whole time. So that, that was the talk that he gave me. So yeah, it was, it was tough to do, but you know, um, where I am now, I think I picked the right one. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think so. And I definitely want to talk about your career now, but I think for you just as a competitor and like, you know, talking about first love, that decision to go and play basketball your senior year, what, you know, and we have the memories, we can talk about them now. That's what they're for. Right. Is, you know, what, you were able to sort of close the book on your basketball career, uh, you know, from an organized perspective by coming to Trinity and making a big impact for us, honestly. And that was huge for me. That was huge for me. Uh, have, being able to close that chapter and knowing that I'm never going to play organized basketball again, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, just doing it while you can. Right. And I mean, at yeah. a high level, I mean, and, and that was the thing too, that even people listening to this conversation, like you could have played, somewhere but it would have been you would have definitely had, you could you would have had to stop playing golf probably definitely 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 i i was and not to toot my own horn i was a really really good basketball player um agreed Co-signed. and i took a leap of faith on golf well let's talk about that because i think you know my memory of our or your senior year on the golf team um like we had another guy on our, our team, Nick Storbach, and I think it was his name. And you guys were like, yep. you guys were the upper echelon. You guys were real golfers. Yep. And then we had the rest yeah. of our guys <laughs> were not, we were just hacking it up and wanted to get out of school country club rats. Uh, I would classify us as, and you know, so for us, like getting to just golf with you guys was a privilege because you guys were good and we could watch you and learn from you and just like be your friends. And <laughs> I, I, I do want to say like you guys, in dramatic fashion, I remember finishing the state tournament, which Trinity, I think, I don't think I'd ever been to state before. Both you guys just dragged our sorry asses. Never. And you guys tie in regulation uh, for first place 
for the lowest score uh, at the state championship. Yep. So mm-hmm. all this sort of, and I remember everybody, like you guys had to play a one hole playoff or a play a playoff until somebody wins. And like yep. the whole entire state golf tournament is lined up on this one hole. So what's going through your mind finishing 18? It's like whatever, 36 holes over two days or 54 holes maybe. At what's going through your mind as a 17, 18 year old going into that last hole? Oh man, I remember that day like it was yesterday. <laughs> I remember it still. What was it? Uh, 15 years ago? Yeah, I still remember like it was yesterday. So we tie um, and we have to go to number 18. Um, and we have to play number 18 over. And so I get a bomb it right down the middle. Uh, Nick does too. And uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm having to hit my approach shot. It's over trees. I'm trying to take a shortcut uh, to get over the trees and to get onto the green. Uh, It's a par five. And man, when I say I hit a ridiculously bad shot, I mean, it was, it was a horrible shot. One of my worst shots I've ever hit, ever hit, ever. Um, And it's going through my head is, okay, calm down. It's a par five. You can get it back up to the green. You can get back on and you can still have a, a shot at birdie. So I'm like, okay, okay, let's get it going. Let's get it going. Um, I'm walking to my bag. Keep in mind, there's no caddies in high school golf. You, there's no caddy. There's no one talking to you. There's no one giving you uh, any kind of pep talk or anything like that. So I'm having to do this on my own recognizance. Um, get to my ball. It's in a bad lie up by a tree. I'm like, okay, all I can do is punch out. I punch out. I hit back up to the green. Now I'm laying what four and it's, it's, I'm, I'm defeated. I'm defeated at this point. Um, Nick hits a good shot up uh, close to the green. He hits one on, he makes par and he wins state. I get second. Um, and, and keep in mind, Nick is my teammate. He's our teammate. So I'm happy for Nick. I'm happy for us as a, as in, uh, as a team because we worked our asses off uh, to get there. Um, and for us to go number one and number two in state has not been done yet after us. So that was a big feat in itself. But, you know, that was, man, like I said, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Yeah, me too. It's so interesting, like preparing for this interview. I remember being in the clubhouse because I was done already and – getting to ride a cart like we got vip privileges on this final playoff because we were you guys were Mm -hmm. on our team so we were like doing donuts in the carts like while the whole crowd is moving through you guys both hit the shots we're i mean we might as well have you know done been drinking vodka red bulls after you both you guys are in the fairway on the first shot and then then, you know you guys uh like you said you hit that tough shot on the second one and it became kind of awkward for the team too because we were excited for both you guys um but obviously somebody had to win and it was just a tough, I remember being a a difficult environment to navigate because we were so proud of you guys and, you know, no disrespect to Nick, but you were my guy because we we were, went to war together in basketball and just, you know, I knew you for longer. Uh, And so it was just, I I always wondered looking back as an adult now, like what you learned from that experience. Um, man, from that experience, if anything, it has taught me to slow down and to not become so defeated quickly, because I still could have came back from those two bad shots that I hit. I still could have came back, but mentally I was defeated. I was done. 
being that it is it's the biggest stage that you can be in where it's state everyone's watching i've hit a bad shot and now i have a bad lie i'm defeated it's done like it, it you know it's i didn't have anyone in my ear to give me a pep talk or to give me the um you know a boost that i needed at least to say well, and you, you hit on something really interesting as well. Like in high school golf, you're not allowed to talk to anybody. You don't have a caddy. You don't have a coach. No, you know, there's a certain, they have to be a certain distance away. They can't yell advice to you. So, you know, very isolating for, for a young guy at that time. Uh, but so that's then kind of weird to me. Oh, well, let's weird, hear it. Why yeah, is it weird? <laughs> it's, it's weird because, you know, in, in the professional realm or, you know, even in the amateur realm, when you're in, say, for instance, you're playing the U.S. amateur, you have a caddy. You always have someone who you can bounce ideas off of. The only reason I could think of them not allowing coaches or caddies is because of the hovering parents and the, the slowing of pace of play. It's the only thing I can think of. But for, for people like me in that position, I needed somebody in my corner to, you know, give me a, a, a kick in the butt and say, you still got it. You got it. It's okay. You know? Well, and I think, you know, golf is such a mental game and to be isolated, except not isolated, because normally you'd be by yourself or with just your, your, you know, four, four some of the guys out there, you're one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with your teammate, with the entire tournament watching your coach can't talk to you. Everybody's crowding. There's, there's murmurs, you know, you're, you find you're on the big stage, you know, everything that you all eyes on is, you. Yeah. All eyes. Uh, just a, a, an interesting way. I found it, uh, the way that they handled that a very interesting way to just facilitate a final, you know, clearly nobody had any idea what was going on. Like he had never prepared for that scenario. And they're like, yeah, just yeah. let everybody go nuts. Let's get a, a bandstand, a grand, you know, a grandstand around the 18th green while these two young guys are playing for their life. So, uh, now yeah, thank you for kind of digging into that. I know, uh, you know, didn't want to ruffle, rustle any like old feelings there. Um, but it turns out though, your dad was right. Golf, yeah. you're going to play golf a lot longer. Cause you not only you, uh, you're there at state, you move on, you become a Morehouse man at Morehouse College. And, yep. you know, golf continues today, continued then and continues today to be part of your life. How do you, how do, does what you learn and how, how do those experiences as a competitive young guy, um, you know, really, you know, working to achieve both in golf and basketball, how does that help you today? Um, I would probably have to say, being in sports like that, even though you're playing golf, when you're playing in high school, it's it's a team and college. It's a team sport. You still have teammates. Um, so between golf and basketball, I think today it's helped me with uh, being able to take criticism is one. Um, definitely, that criticism is probably the biggest one and how to work with a, work uh, work with a team. Um, you know being able to know that one singular way is not always the only way to get to a problem. Uh, when you're trying to get to five, there's different ways that you can get to this number five. Um, and also your decisions that you make, how that might, ref well, how that might make a team member, team member or uh, a colleague or anyone else feel mentally. What's the mental morale? What's the cost I'm gonna gonna bear on for ignoring this this thought process or this uh, this suggestion? So I think being a team player definitely is the biggest thing that I got out of it. Well, and I, you know, I couldn't agree more. I think for me now as a manager, thinking about having a family of my own someday, like what part mm -hmm. does sports play in that? 
whatever sport it may be. You talked about criticism um, in a professional life, whether you're in business or athletics or anywhere in between, you're going to face criticism. And, you know, I Always. think a- athletes are, like you said, more familiar with that. They have a better rhythm. They understand like you can try your best and somebody still have notes for you or, or even like harsher criticism. Yes. And that's fine. It's okay. It's okay. You'll take that information and you know, you'll, you'll keep chugging along and try to try to apply it. So, you know, today you coach a lot of kids and, you know, I think we were talking the other day, almost 2,400 kids in the greater first T sort of universe here in Dallas. And, you know, as well as you, you know, being in front of and having an impact on like eight, eight or 900 kids a year uh, out at the first tee, you know, how do you, do you see yourself in some of these kids? Uh, you know, do you, for better or worse, you know, what are, what are some of those kind of joys that, uh, and things that you learned as a, as a young golfer, a young athlete that you're able to transition and, and pass on to the next generation? Yeah. So that, um, man, the impact is, is crazy. I think this, well, yeah, this year's not over, but this year um, is, you know, the COVID year. So we really don't take the big numbers from here. But last year, I think we had impact on 110,000 kids in Dallas. That was through putting uh, the golf program in to elementary schools and having the PE teacher put on golf. So um, a huge impact in the Dallas area. Uh, but something that I try to instill into the other the little kids or kids that I come across is patience man patience patience because that's something that I didn't have like we just went back and we talked about um what happened you know that playoff hole is I just wasn't patient you know I I I was quick to be discouraged um and in golf man it's one of those things that you just can't do you cannot be discouraged you can't quit because you know they say you know the weekend golfer he might hack it around here then there but that one good shot that's what they're looking for. That's what they're trying to, to, uh, to repeat. And so, um, that's probably the biggest lesson that I probably, uh, give to the kids. What's it like when you see a kid, like get the lights on, they like hit their first like shot that they wanted their first, like really good result. You see the, you see it come on, they come to life. Yeah, absolutely. You see, it's like a light bulb that goes off. And then at that moment, it's not like you're saying, okay, repeat it, repeat it. You know, I take the approach of asking them, okay, what did you do? What do you think you did? So that they can process that mentally and be able to to replicate it. Uh, but it's, man, it's it's great to see it, you know, um, because they, they're, you're going to hit a good shot, rather it's on accident or if it's on purpose. So that's why I want you to tell me how you got there. Uh, but you're, you're more than likely going to get a, a good shot. And so it's, man, it's almost... It takes me back to the first time that I hit that shot being uh, in the sixth grade, you know, when I see a kid hit it and it goes far and I'm like, yep, that's ex- the way he's feeling was exactly the way that I was feeling. That's really cool. Just to be able to connect it to that personal feeling. Um, yeah. And I, and I think also, you know, just thinking through your own performance, because there's also a part of your certification as a coach that you, you still have to step up and do it. And like, there's a, there's a measurement that you've got to hit a certain score, uh, to maintain your certification. So what kind of self-talk and what kind of mindset do you kind of curate for yourself when you're getting ready for a performance, whether that's you actually having to play or whether you've got a big group of kids coming in and you gotta be, you know, you, you've got to be kind of on 
what routines do you go through uh, that help you be your best? Uh, I'm a big note taker now. <laughs> so uh, I am always, so I try to be thoroughly uh, prepared now. So, you know, if, if anything with a, a clinic or a class, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of at ease going into it because I know that I've prepared um, thoroughly. I've covered all bases. I have a plan A and I have a plan B. Um, and there's no reason to get hysterical. It's because I plan for this. Um, so yeah, that's probably my biggest thing is, is laying things out, especially for the day and making sure that we have everything covered. Definitely. Would you, so, you know, looking back to your 17 year old self, what one piece of advice would you give yourself to when you were 17 about, you know, about anything about your game day prep, about, you know, making those decisions about slowing down? What would you tell yourself? Um, 17 year old self, I would probably tell myself to slow down, uh, is one is slow down and play like it's your last one. Um, you know, play it like it's your last shot, play it like it's your last dribble, um, play it, you know, just, just play your heart out at that moment. I don't care if it's the first season, first game of the season, play your heart out and leave it out on the, on the court or the field or, uh, you know, anywhere, anywhere where you're playing. That's, that's exactly what I would tell myself. And, you know, when you're young, you, you don't have that perspective, you know, you go out there and you're like, Oh, well, we've got another game next week or, Oh, there's another right, tournament exactly. coming up. Um, and you can kind of justify that. But I think, you know, when you're, when you're a competitor and you look back and you're like, man, I really wish I would have, you know, you don't, you want to, you don't want to wonder what if, and I think, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say like, you know, play like it's your last chance because, yeah, that's the kind of basketball we played too. Uh, and you know, I, I often tell people like I didn't make it as far as I made it in basketball because I was so good. Mostly I just refused to quit and just would figure out, you know, a way to play hard. So, uh, yeah. yeah, love, love hearing that. It's always funny to be like aligned on those things. Yeah, man. It's it, but it's the truth. You know, I think after my, I, my last basketball game, uh, that we played, I just went out in court and just sat down in the middle of the court you know, and, and, you know, I, I didn't take that approach of this could be your last one. So that's why I would give myself that advice is this is your last one. Well, you know, I totally bit your, like, uh, like took a bite out of your swag there. Cause I did the same thing the next year when we lost in the state game is I went and sat down in the middle yeah. of the court. Cause I thought that's what you do. I just, I learned, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what you do. You take, and I got kicked out on purpose. So, you know, well, you, I mean, that game, man, uh, man, grapevine faith. I, I'll never forget that, uh, that, that never game sort forget. of lives, lives in infamy in my mind. Uh, I got tossed out of that game on purpose. It was ugly, man. I, I, I think I had four yeah. points. So I, I was tossed out of the game, uh, <laughs> by, by my own lack of ability. Um, in your adult life though, what do you have like a quote or do you have any sort of routine or tactics? You mentioned note-taking, but like, what have yep. you learned as an adult that has, that has impacted you the most sort of in your perfecting your craft or, you know, trying something new or, you know, just being getting down to the work? Um, man, probably two, two things. Uh, my dad would always say, if you uh, fail to plan, then you're planning to fail every time. So if you go into something, that, which is why I take the whole note taking and covering things, I, I take that advice now that I've gotten from him in my adult adult life um 
you know, I definitely use that model 24 seven. And another one was, uh, if you quit now, you'll end up where you first began. Uh, and when you first began, you were desperate to be where you are right now. So don't stop. Hmm. I think that's huge. Love that. I've never, I've never heard it framed that way, but, uh, man, you never know how far you've come. And I think like the things you, another way that I hear that referenced is remember when you used to wish for the things that you have today. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, very absolutely. That. That's awesome, man. Well, you know, where can we find you if people want to learn more about you, uh, want to follow along in, in your journey and, and, and the awesome work that you're doing here in Dallas, uh, what's, what's a good place for them to start? Um, you can check me out at, uh, Chandler school of golf.org. Um, all content is there as far as booking as far as what we do coming soon, we're going to be moving to a, an app form. So be on the lookout for that. That's exciting, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think just for me, like getting reconnected with you really this year and just seeing the awesome impact that you're having on, uh, you know, on kids here in the Dallas area. Uh, and even beyond, just like like your dad said, man, uh, the game of golf can take you places and will take you maybe more places than games like basketball uh, and serve you as an adult. Because I'm telling you, uh, I'm not walking into any gyms and getting a whole lot of respect these days off face value from these <laughs> kids. But, uh, but in, in golf, at least, you know, you can go out there and, uh, and hack it up a little bit. Yeah, ask them, do you know who I am? I am Rob Howe. That's, All hey, right. You don't read Trinity, the paper, son? 06? Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, this was before we were we were deep. They were deep into max preps. You can't even find us on max preps like that, man. Man, I was just hoping for a three star, a three star on rivals. Now I'd be hoop mixtape would be like really hitting oh. these days. Uh, well, man, oh, I appreciate man. you coming on the show. Uh, this has been awesome, and uh, you know, man, thanks for for all that you do, dude.